Chapter One, Part Two of the Mysteries of Paris, Volume Four by Eugène Sue. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Rigolette's First Sorrow, Part Two. We may now divine the cause of Rigolette's first sorrow. Her excellent heart was deeply wounded at a misfortune of which she had no suspicion until that moment she believed unhesitatingly in the entire veracity of this statement of germain the unfortunate son of the schoolmaster not very straight-laced she thought her old neighbour exaggerated his fault immensely to save the unhappy father of a family he had momentarily appropriated a sum which he thought he could instantly refund this action in the grisette's eyes was but generous by one of those contradictions common to women and especially to women of her class this young girl who until then had not felt for germain more than her other neighbours but a kind and mirthful friendship now experienced for him a decided preference as soon as she knew that he was unfortunate unjustly accused and a prisoner his remembrance effaced that of all his former rivals yet rigolette did not all at once feel intense love but a warm and sincere affection full of pity and determined devotion a sentiment which was the more new with her in consequence of the better sensations it brought with it such was the moral position of rigolette when rodolph entered her chamber having first rapped very discreetly at the door good morning neighbour said rodolph to rigolette do not let me disturb you not at all neighbour on the contrary i am delighted to see you for i have had something to vex me dreadfully why in truth you look very pale and appear as though you had been weeping indeed i have been weeping and for a good reason poor germain there read and rigolette handed the letter of the prisoner to rodolph is not that enough to break one's heart you told me you took an interest in him now's the time to prove it she added whilst rodolph was attentively reading the letter is that wicked old monsieur ferrand at war with all the world first he attacked that poor louise and now he assailed germain oh i am not ill-natured but if some great harm happened to this notary i should really be glad to accuse such an honest young man of having stolen fifteen thousand francs from him germain too he who was honesty itself and such a steady serious young man and so sad too oh he is indeed to be pitied in the midst of all these wretches in this prison ah monsieur rodolphe from to-day i begin to see that life is not all couleur de rose and what do you propose to do my little neighbour what do i mean to do why of course all that germain asks of me and as quickly as possible i should have been gone before now but for this work which is required in great haste and which i must take instantly to the rue st honore on my way to germain's room where i am going to get the papers he speaks of i have passed part of the night at work that i might be forward i shall have so many things to do besides my usual work that i must be excessively methodical in the first place madame morel is very anxious that i should see louise in prison that will be a hard task but i shall try to do it unfortunately i do not know to whom i should address myself i had thought of that you neighbour here is an order how fortunate can't you procure me also an order for the prison of poor unhappy germain he would be so delighted i will also find you the means of seeing germain oh thank you monsieur rodolphe you will not be afraid then of going to his prison certainly not although my heart will beat very violently the first time but that's nothing when germain was free was he not always ready to anticipate all my wishes and take me to the theatre 
for a walk or read to me of an evening well and now he is in trouble it is my turn a poor little mouse like me cannot do much i know that well enough but all i can do i will do that he may rely upon he shall find that i am a sincere friend but monsieur rodolph there is one thing which pains me and that is that he should doubt me that he should suppose me capable of despising him i and for what i should like to know that old notary accuses him of robbery i know it is not true germain's letter has proved to me that he is innocent even if i had thought him guilty you have only to see him and you would feel certain that he is incapable of a bad action a person must be as wicked as m ferrand to assert such atrocious falsehoods bravo neighbour i like your indignation oh how i wish i were a man that i might go to this notary and say to him oh you say that germain has robbed you do you well then that's for you and that he cannot steal from you at all events and thump 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 i would beat him till i couldn't stand over him you administer justice very expeditiously said rodolph smiling because it makes my blood boil and as germain says in his letter all the world will side with his employer because he is rich and looked up to whilst germain is poor and unprotected unless you will come to his assistance monsieur rodolph you who know such benevolent persons do not you think that something could be done he must await his sentence once acquitted as i believe he will be he will not want for proofs of the interest taken in him but listen neighbour for i know i may rely on your discretion oh yes monsieur rodolph i never blab well then no one must know not even germain himself that he has friends who are watching over him for he has friends really very powerful and devoted it would give him much courage to know that unquestionably but perhaps he might not keep it to himself then m ferrand alarmed would be on his guard his suspicions would be aroused and as he is very cunning it would become very difficult to catch him which would be most annoying for not only must germain's innocence be made clear but his denouncer must be unmasked i understand monsieur rodolph it is the same with louise and i bring you this order to see her that you may beg of her not to tell any person what she disclosed to me she will know what that means i understand monsieur rodolph in a word let louise beware of complaining in prison of her master's wickedness this is most important but she must conceal nothing from the barrister who will come from me to talk with her as to the grounds of her defence be sure you tell her all this make yourself easy neighbour i will forget nothing i have an excellent memory but when we talk of goodness it is you who are so good and kind if any one is in trouble then you come directly i have told you my good little neighbour that i am but a poor clerk but when i meet with good persons who deserve protection i instantly tell a benevolent individual who has entire confidence in me and they are helped at once that's all i do in the matter and where are you lodging now you have given up your chamber to the morels i live in a furnished lodging oh how i should hate that to be where all the world has been before you it is as if everybody had been in your place i am only there at nights and then i understand it is less disagreeable yet i shouldn't like it monsieur rodolph my home made me so happy i had got into such a quiet way of living that i did not think it was possible i should ever know a sorrow and yet you see but no i cannot describe to you the blow which germain's misfortune has brought upon me 
i have seen the morels and others beside who were very much to be pitied certainly but at best misery is misery and amongst poor folk who look for it it does not surprise them and they help one another as well as they can to-day it is one to-morrow it is another as for oneself what with courage and good spirit one extricates oneself but to see a poor young man honest and good who has been your friend for a long time to see him accused of robbery and imprisoned and huddled up with criminals ah really monsieur rodolphe i cannot get over that it is a misfortune i had never thought of and it quite upsets me courage courage your spirits will return when your friend is acquitted oh yes he must be acquitted the judges have only to read his letter to me and that would be enough would it not monsieur rodolphe really this letter has all the appearance of truth you must let me have a copy of it for it will be necessary for germain's defence certainly monsieur rodolphe if i did not write such a scrawl in spite of the lessons which good germain gave me i would offer to copy it myself but my writing is so large so crooked and has so many many faults i will only ask you to trust the letter with me until to-morrow morning there it is but you will take great care of it i hope i have burnt all the notes which m cabrion and m girandot wrote me in the beginning of our acquaintance with flaming hearts and doves at the top of the paper when they thought i was to be caught by their tricks and cajoleries but this poor letter of germain's i will keep carefully as well as the others if he writes me any more for they you know m rodolphe will show in my favour that he has asked these small services won't they m rodolphe most assuredly and they will prove that you are the best little friend any one can desire but now i think of it instead of going alone to germain's room shall i accompany you with pleasure neighbour the night is coming on and in the evening i do not like to be alone in the streets besides that i have my work to carry nearly as far as the palais royal but perhaps it will fatigue and annoy you to go so far not at all we will have a coach really oh how pleased i should be to go in a coach if i had not so much to make me melancholy and i really must be melancholy for this is the first day since i have been here that i have not sung during the day my birds are really quite astonished poor little dears they cannot make it out two or three times papa crétu has piped a little to try me i endeavoured to answer him but after a minute or two i began to cry ramonette then began but i could not answer one any better than the other what singular names you have given your birds papa crétu and ramonette why monsieur rodolphe my birds are the joy of my solitude my best friends and i have given them the names of the worthy couple who were the joy of my childhood and were also my best friends not forgetting that to complete the resemblance papa crétu and ramonette were gay and sang like birds ah now yes i remember your adopted parents were called so yes neighbour they are ridiculous names for birds i know but that concerns no one but myself and besides it was in this very point that germain showed his good heart in what way why m girandot and m cabrion especially m cabrion were always making their jokes on the names of my birds to call a canary papa crétu there never was such nonsense as m cabrion made of it and his jests were endless if it was a cock-bird he said why that would be well enough to call him crétu as to ramonette that's well enough for a hen-canary for it resembles ramona 
in fact he quite wore my patience out and for two sundays i would not go out with him in order to teach him a lesson and i told him very seriously that if he began his tricks which annoyed me so much we should never go out together again what a bold resolve yes it was really a sacrifice on my part Monsieur rodolph for i was always looking forward with delight to my sundays and i was very much tried by being kept in all alone in such beautiful weather but that's nothing i preferred sacrificing my sundays to hearing m cabrion continue to make ridicule of those whom i respected certainly after that but for the idea i attached to them i should have preferred giving my birds other names and you must know there is one name which i adore it is colibri note one i did not change because i never will call those birds by any other name than Critu and ramonette if i did i should seem to make a sacrifice that i forgot my good adopted parents don't you think so monsieur rodolph note one colibri is a celebrated chanson of beranger the especial poet of grisettes english translator you are right a thousand times over and germain did not turn these names into a jest eh on the contrary the first time he heard them he thought them droll like every one else and that was natural enough but when i explained to him my reasons as i had many times explained them to m cabrion tears started to his eyes from that time i said to myself m germain is very kind-hearted and there is nothing to be said against him but his weeping so and so you see Monsieur rodolph my reproaching him with his sadness has made me unhappy now then i could not understand why any one was melancholy but now i understand it but too well but now my packet is completed and my work is ready for delivery will you hand me my shawl neighbour it is not cold enough to take a cloak is it we shall go and return in a coach true we shall go and return very quickly and that will be so much gained but now i think of it what are you to do your work will suffer from your visits to the prison oh no no i have made my calculations in the first place i have my sundays to myself so i shall go and see louise and germain on those days that will serve me for a walk and a change then in the week i shall go to the prison once or twice each time will occupy me three good hours won't it well to manage this comfortably i shall work an hour more every day and go to bed at twelve o'clock instead of eleven o'clock that will be a clear gain of seven or eight hours a week which i can employ in going to see louise and germain you see i am richer than i appear added rigolette with a smile and you have no fear that you will be over-fatigued bah not at all i shall manage it and besides it can't last for ever here is your shawl neighbour fasten it and mind you don't prick me ah the pin is bent well then clumsy take another then from the pincushion ah i forgot will you do me a great favour neighbour command me neighbour mend me a good pen with a broad nib so that when i return i may write to poor germain and tell him i have executed all his commissions he will have my letter to-morrow morning in the prison and that will give him pleasure where are your pens there on the table the knife is in the drawer wait until i light my taper for it begins to grow dusk yes i shall see better how to mend the pen and i how to tie my cap rigolette lighted a lucifer match and lighted a wax end in a small bright candlestick the deuce a wax light 
why neighbour what extravagance oh what i burn costs but a very small trifle more than a candle and it's so much cleaner not much dearer indeed they are not i buy these wax ends by the pound and half a pound lasts nearly a year but said rodolph who was mending the pen very carefully whilst the grisette was tying on her cap before the glass i do not see any preparations for your dinner i have not the least appetite i took a cup of milk this morning and i shall take another this evening with a small piece of bread and that will be enough for me then you will not take a dinner with me quietly after we have been to germain's thank you neighbour but i am not in spirits my heart is too heavy another time with pleasure but the evening when poor germain leaves his prison i invite myself and afterwards you shall take me to the theatre is that a bargain it is neighbour and i assure you i will not forget the engagement but you refuse me this to-day yes monsieur rodolphe i should be a very dull companion without saying a word about the time it would occupy me for you see at this moment i really cannot afford to be idle or waste one single quarter of an hour then for to-day i renounce the pleasure there is my parcel neighbour now go out first and i will lock the door here's a capital pen for you and now for the parcel mind you don't rumple it it is pou de soie and soon creases hold it in your hand carefully there in that way that's it now go and i will show you a light and rodolph descended the staircase followed by rigolette at the moment when the two neighbours were passing by the door of the porter's lodge they saw m pipelet who with his arms hanging down was advancing towards them from the bottom of the passage holding in one hand the sign which announced his partnership of friendship with cabrion and in the other the portrait of the confounded painter alfred's despair was so overwhelming that his chin touched his breast so that the wide crown of his bell-shaped hat was easily seen seeing him thus with his head lowered coming towards rodolphe and rigolette he might have been compared to a ram or a brave breton preparing for combat anastasie soon appeared on the threshold of the lodge and exclaimed at her husband's appearance well dearest old boy here you are and what did the commissary say to you alfred alfred mind what you're doing or you'll poke your head against my king of lodgers excuse him monsieur rodolphe it is that vagabond of a cabrion who uses him worse and worse he'll certainly turn my dear old darling into a donkey alfred love speak to me at this voice so dear to his heart m pipelet raised his head his features were impressed with a bitter agony what did the commissary say to you inquired anastasie anastasie we must collect the few things we possess embrace our friends pack up our trunk and expatriate ourselves from paris from france from my beautiful france for now assured of impunity the monster is capable of pursuing me everywhere throughout the length and breadth of the departments of the kingdom what the commissary the commissary exclaimed m pipelet with fierce indignation the commissary laughed in my teeth at you a man of mature age with an air so respectable that you would appear as silly as a goose if one did not know your virtues well notwithstanding that when i had respectfully deposed in his presence my mass of complaints and vexations against that infernal cabrion the magistrate 
after having looked and laughed yes laughed and i may add laughed indecorously at the sign and the portrait which i brought with me as corroborative testimony the magistrate replied my good fellow this cabrion is a wag a practical joker but pay no attention to his pleasantries i advise you to laugh at him and heartily too for really there is ample cause to do so to laugh at it sir i exclaimed to laugh at it when grief consumes me when this scamp poisons my very existence he placards me and will drive me out of my wits i demand that they imprison exile the monster at least from my street at these words the commissary smiled and politely pointed to the door i understood the magistrate sighed and and here i am good for nothing magistrate exclaimed madame pipelet it is all over anastasie all is ended hope ceases there's no justice in france i am really atrociously sacrificed and by way of peroration m pipelet dashed the sign and portrait to the farther end of the passage with all his force rodolphe and rigolette had in the shade smiled at m pipelet's despair after having said a few words of consolation to alfred whom anastasie was trying to calm as well as she could the king of lodgers left the house in the rue du temple with rigolette and they both got into a coach to go to francois germain's End of chapter one read by celine major